Hello and welcome to another episode of Roy's Rocket Radio. This is episode 145, recorded on Thursday, the 21st of July, 2016, at 17.44 and 14 seconds. Okay, another show. So first things first. High Rise 2015, starring Tom Hiddleston, Jeremy Irons, and a whole slew of stars who look familiar, but I'm not sure who they are. This is the big screen adaptation of the J.G. Ballard novel of the same name, and it's about a high-rise building that is highly stratified in terms of social hierarchy. So at the top of the building, the penthouse, is where the architect lives, who has designed this and other skyscrapers, Jeremy Irons, living in incredible luxury. It's almost as if there's a country mansion on top of the building. And then as you proceed down the building, it gets gradually, well, not squalid or anything, but the people living lower down are thought lesser of. And into the building comes Tom Hiddleston, a new tenant. Can't remember what floor he's on, but he's not on the top floor anyway. He's a doctor, and somewhere along the line, society breaks down. I think there's some external disaster that you never hear about, but food runs out, power runs out, everything breaks down. The whole of the high-rise society turns into anarchy, people become predatory, (laughs) and that's kind of what the film's about. What I thought was clever is the way they take a book that was written in, actually I'm not sure when it was written, but it looks like 1960s, 70s, and they project a future as seen from the 1970s. So, the fashions are very of that era, the hairstyles, the way people act, the smoking, the parties. So I thought that was quite clever. I think the problem with this is it's very, very disjointed. I'm always worried where at the beginning of a movie you have a voiceover. It makes me think that the script, either the written script or the directing script, is such that you need a voiceover or you won't know what's happening. And actually, you don't need a voiceover at the beginning of the film. It is quite evident that Tom Hiddleston is a new tenant and he's just acclimatising himself to the high-rise. Later on, when all chaos breaks loose, it is incredibly difficult to follow what's going on. It's just all over the place. 
Which is a pity, really, because the production values in this film are, or appear to be, so much higher than that other J.G. Ballard adaptation, Crash, which has become something of a cult classic. The other thing about this movie is it is very, very long. I'm looking at the running time and it's about, let's see, two hours, 15 minutes, something like that. But it feels very, very long. So I'm not sure if it's worth buying. I mean, wait for it to come out on TV, which no doubt it will pretty soon. I saw a film for logo at the opening credits so I guess it won't be that long before we'll be seeing this on film for if you want to see a good J.G. Ballard adaptation see Crash it's much better and it stars James Spader quite disappointing really it feels like a lost opportunity and it is a pity because I do like J.G. Ballard's writing Oh, and the other thing this film reminds me of, slightly, is the last part of the first book in the Hitchhiker's Guide trilogy, when an alien society decides to create a dummy colonisation project and then load up all the most useless middle-class people of their own society into the spaceship and just shoot it off into space hoping to be rid of them. It's interesting, maybe the higher eyes is kind of like that. <laughs> a way of ridding society of the most awful. A way of removing from society the most useless, I suppose. <laughs> But really, trying to describe it is pointless, because what it really is, is an allegorical, dystopian adaptation along the lines of Animal Farm. But instead talking about mid-20th century Western culture. But honestly, I don't think the film works on that level, although it obviously purports to do that. And it's also very funny in places, which is its one saving grace, I suppose. And I suppose one other observation I could make is that it feels very lefty, I suppose, in tone, where the higher up you are in the pecking order of the high-rise, the nastier and more amoral you are. Hmm. For a film that I don't really like, I've talked a lot about this, so perhaps I'll stop now. Okay, and that was High Rise 2015. But, you know what? One last thing. Before you go, to give you an idea of what the film's like, I'm going to play you an excerpt. And just a warning, although this podcast is generally non-explicit, this following clip does have a tiny bit of adult language. So if you have children listening, you might want to skip this bit. Skip ahead about two minutes. Okay, and 
enjoy the clip, and then we'll get on with something else. So this was me talking about High Rise 2015. just talk about some writing and I was telling you last time about my novel submission progress and I'll do that again this time I am now rechecking the final draft for the third time concentrating heavily on the first three chapters but I'm also quite the way into the novel as well I am tired of proofreading The other thing I found is that you really have to proofread yourself because I guarantee you, proofreaders, if you hire one, put in some hidden and intentional mistakes and tell them that you will only pay them if they find them as proof that they actually did their job. Luckily, I don't have any money, so I'm doing it all myself. Though I do have some help. And between us, we are finding things. In the next few days, I'm going to start submitting to those 46 agents I've talked often about, who I found through things like the Writers and Artists Yearbook, and there's also a few online databases. And I'll tell you what happens. If I can't get an agent, then and only then will I start submitting directly to publishers... And before you ask, I haven't made a list of publishers yet. Other writing. Remember that Kindle anthology I'm working on? Well, I have actually been working on it, and I'll be able to tell you more next time. So this is just a little recap. And that's all I really have to say about writing. Not as much as I thought I would, but hopefully there'll be more next time. Okay, 
just got a little tip here, a technology tip. DIY opening tools for consumer electronics. Now, I'm talking about the things that you can buy on iFixit. So, not just your normal small jewelers, screwdrivers, and the typical tools that every PC building nerd will have, but I'm talking about prying tools. Not crowbars, but prying tools for small things, like things that you need to crack open a mobile phone. You do see them for sale on iFixit. They tend to be called spudgers. I think it's pretty funny. But you can also make prying tools yourself. I make quite small, hard ones in different shapes by cutting up credit cards. Once you've cut up the credit cards into a variety of interesting shapes, I suggest you smooth off the rough edges with a nail file so that you don't scratch whatever you're prying at. And also to help you stop scratching things and to get a good grip on the things that you're holding, a pair of tight-fitting latex kitchen gloves. The cheaper ones are better because they are thinner and that will help you holding on to things and prevent scratches. And I find them particularly useful to pull off the backs of mobile phones. Finally, a clean, soft, cotton terry towel makes a good non-scratch work surface for small consumer electronics, like the aforementioned smartphones, but also radios, that kind of thing. But, of course, only for the outer, non-exposed electronic casings. Don't try this with exposed circuits. Or you might get static and fry whatever you're fiddling with. That was just a little tech tip that I wanted to share. Now, today, in our random section. In 1969, today, Neil Armstrong took his first steps on the moon. They print and announce this tidbit every single year. In fact, I googled it and found an article from The Guardian from back in 2011. And the BBC mentioned it on the news this morning. I think, personally, I might have a memory of watching this. I have a dim recollection of seeing it happen live on an old black and white TV through a gauzy curtain, but I might be wrong or have conflated a few memories together, but it's a really vivid thing in my head. So today is really important and kind of cool that we're having the podcast on the same day. As if that wasn't enough, tonight at midnight I'm watching Star Trek Beyond and Star Trek is celebrating 50 years this year. Though, yeah, the pilot was filmed a couple of years earlier, so don't go nerdy, pedantic on me and tell me that on social media or email, because I know. But I'm talking about the series proper itself. So it's just like 
Christmas and a birthday all rolled into one. But back to Neil Armstrong, the BBC website says... 1969, man takes first steps on the moon. American Neil Armstrong has become the first man to walk on the moon. The astronaut stepped onto the moon's surface in the Sea of Tranquility at 0256 GMT, nearly 20 minutes after first opening the hatch on the Eagle landing craft. Armstrong had earlier reported the lunar module's safe landing at 2017 GMT with the words, Houston, tranquility base here, the eagle has landed. As he put his left foot down first, Armstrong declared that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. He described the surface as being like powdered charcoal, and the landing craft left a crater about a foot deep. The point is, it has been, was, and will be a really great day today. And I just wanted to share how I felt about that. Okay, and that's just about it for the show today. Thanks for listening. Just have a few after-show bits to announce to tell you what's coming on future shows and of course star trek beyond without a doubt i'll be talking about that next time mr robot probably probably too something about DD soon and some band news too yes i have a rock band and if any of the band members are listening stop cringing yeah i'm gonna talk about it and of course as there always is there'll be more news about writing And just a little teaser, I started a horror novel by accident. Okay, to subscribe to the podcast, contact me, and for all other social media links, go to roymartha.com, that is R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com. Please note that apart from Twitter, I'm not a big social media user, but I have a site and a blog, and should there be a demand, unlikely, but you never know, I also have forum software set up. So if you want me to turn this feature on, please let me know. My Twitter handle is at RoyMartha, that is at R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R. And there is also a well-used Twitter hashtag for the show called hash Roy's Rocket Radio, all one word. What a surprise. If you are listening to this podcast, do me a favour and leave a review in iTunes. Thank you. That's about it now. I'm going to go and get ready and have a bit of a rest and something to eat and try and look a bit more human because tonight is Star Trek night. This was Rise Rocket Radio episode 145 recorded on Thursday the 21st of July 2016 and the time at the end of the show is 22 minutes past 6 in the evening and 9 seconds. Bye for now. Bye! That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind.